0: All right, what's going on, everybody? How you all doing? Welcome to episode five of the Movies Anytime podcast. um Man, it's been a it has been a week. Let me tell you, it's been a busy busy week. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about some of the stuff that we love: some trailers, uh some movies, some music. Let's talk about all this shit. Let's have a let's just have a good freaking time. Let's relax a little bit. Getting, I'm a little tired today. I don't know what uh, what the deal is, but uh, I got quite a few things to talk about. So we're probably maybe gonna be pushing the uh the podcast to that hour mark I try to keep it under an hour just because me personally you know I like to put podcasts on while I'm in the middle of like while I'm doing something and usually that doesn't really benefit a podcast to be like two hours long because usually I'm not doing something for two hours um but let's go and talk about some trailers um some of these I'm actually really excited for I have to be really honest uh this one might be my most... The first one I'm going to talk about, which is the... Uh, I pretty much talk about these in the order that I see them in through the week. So this is the first trailer I saw since the last podcast. And I am uh, i am insanely excited for this. I'm so glad we got a release date that I hope is just a universal release date, not just a Japanese release date. I hope it's a release date for all territories. But uh, Persona 5 Scramble, The Phantom Strikers which um, did get a release date at the end of the trailer for uh, February 20th, 2020. I am really excited for this because um, I love Persona, and I fucking loved Persona 5. Spent like 90 hours in that game. I just, I really, really loved Persona 5. It was fantastic. Anybody who has not played that game needs to play it. Um, even if you're not a huge RPG fan or JRPG fan, I think Persona 5 will ha- is has something for you. And I'm also a fan of like the di- of uh, Dynasty Warriors type games, but I'm not a fan of like Dynasty Warriors. I'm a fan of like the skinned Dynasty Warriors games if that makes any sense. So games like um the Berserk Band of the Hawk game, um Hyrule Warriors, Fire Emblem Is it Fire Emblem Warriors? I believe is also what that was called. Um, you know, those type of games. So just the the mindless hack and slash style games as I scratch my side. Um like those just you know, hack and slash high action games. Um I really like those games. Um just because they're just super fun to just sit back and play. Um and you get some really cool like the Berserk one I think is really cool, especially since I love Berserk. I love that source material. Um I I really liked that game, but Persona 5 Scramble, I am super looking forward to because it's basically like, you know, the original Persona 5 game is like a JRPG style game, um, where you also have downtime to interact with characters, um, boost up stats and just wander around this Japanese town, go to school and stuff like that, um, where Persona 5 Scramble is taking, you know... Uh, is pretty much taking that Dynasty Warriors gameplay and skinning it with Persona 5 and its characters. But it's also keeping, if you watch the trailer, it's also keeping some of the really cool stuff from, uh, from Persona 5. Like, it's not just a reskin. Like, they pay attention to the details of, like, the the attack bubbles the fonts the characters the enemy designs and stuff like that the world like they're paying attention to all that stuff and there's also seemingly like regular school day stuff in this game like you see points in the trailer where you're just walking around town like you do in the regular um persona uh in the regular persona games And that is awesome. I really like that. It really does seem like they are not just doing the Dynasty Warriors gameplay, but they're also putting, you know, gameplay elements from the actual Persona games in here to kind of help make it feel a little bit more at home, I guess. And I am super fucking pumped for this game. The combat looks great. I cannot wait to play as all the characters uh, from Persona Five. It just looks like so much fun, and I'm really curious as to how they're just kind of they're going to do the non-combat stuff, just the walking around town and all that stuff. Uh, maybe it's a way of getting, like, side quests or something. I don't know. But I am super excited for it. It looks fantastic. Um, it's coming out on the PlayStation 4 and is actually coming out on the Nintendo Switch as well, which might be the version that I get for it. Um, it kind of depends on, you know, if they're going to do any, like, uh, what do you call it? like special edition for the physical release or anything like that. Um, I typically don't get special or collector's editions or anything really all that much. Um, If they do like a steelbook edition of something, I will usually spend a little bit of extra money um, to get the steelbook edition because I like steelbooks. Um, They, you know, are more, you know, it's not just like stuff that goes on the shelf and then you never touch again at least with this i get the game and the case itself that i will actually you know use to take the game in and out of and stuff like that will actually go on the shelf and you know blend in with all the other stuff i have on my shelves my other blu-rays and anime and stuff like that so um plus it's just a little bit nicer to have it in a more durable case with some more artwork on it and stuff like that so um it's actually something that it's not just going to give me a bunch of stuff that i'm never going to touch again after i open it so Um, I do really like Steelbook, so depending on, you know, what editions come out, if it comes out with the Steelbook, uh, the original Persona 5 game did come out with a Steelbook. Um, I don't think cost any extra money, I don't think. I think, like, the first pressing of it, you could get, uh, you could get the, uh, Steelbook edition for it, so that'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they do anything like that for this game, if they come out with any weird collector's edition or, like, a Steelbook edition, um, but I think if it just comes out as like a regular whatever, I'm, I might get it on the Switch just because it'll be nice to have it on that. Um, I never play the Switch portable, but you know, at least on the Switch, you know that the game is on the cartridge for the most part, except you know, third-party stuff like uh, Fortnite and the Bethesda stuff doesn't seem to be on the cartridge as much. But um, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be able to put this full game on the cartridge. Whereas, regardless um on the PlayStation 4, it's likely that the game the whole game isn't gonna be on the disc, so but we'll have to see. I'm super, super pumped to uh to play that I it's honestly up there as one of my most anticipated games, I think, just because I love Persona 5 so much and I love the Dynasty Warriors games and it's been the Dynasty Warriors style games and it's been quite a while since I've played one of those. So I I'm I'm itching. I'm itching Uh, The next trailer I want to talk about is the new, uh, they released a trailer for the new Grudge movie, The Grudge, uh, coming out in 2020. I believe the official release was sometime in January, I don't remember exactly the trailer, I don't remember making the date all that visible. Um, I think it was in the description of the video or something that I watched for the trailer, but um, it looked alright, it looked kind of... It looked close enough to the grudge, to like past grudge stuff, but not so much to the point where it feels like we're going to be treading like completely familiar ground or anything like that. Um, The trailer didn't really show anything to me that really looks like scary, though. And I know a lot of that stuff was supposed to be scary, but it didn't really do anything for me. I didn't really get like a scary vibe um, now maybe when I watch the movie and see those scenes in context with the rest of the movie, then maybe I will feel that a little bit more. Um, but I didn't really feel anything like that from this trailer, but it looked all right. Um, it did seem like the, I don't know. It seemed like the, with the grudge stuff, cause I haven't seen all the grudge material. There's quite a few movies, not just American movies, but it's based off of a Japanese stuff like source material as well. So, um, so, I haven't seen everything The Grudge related. I've only seen a few things. Um, and I do like the original, like uh, the very first American uh, movie that came out. I thought it was actually pretty good. I liked it. Um, but this one seems like it's branching out a little bit, maybe giving it a little bit more of a wider scope. It's taking it outside of the house. Um, and it seems to be the following other people around and stuff like that. So, um, I. Don't know. My only fear, though, is that them doing that is going to, widening the scope of the movie is just going to make them lose focus um, on the movie, and the movie is going to feel like a little bit of a mess. Um, That's my only real worry, but um, otherwise, I'll give it a watch. I do like what I have seen of The Grudge in the past, so um, hopefully it's pretty decent. Um, Other than that, I don't really have much thoughts on it. Um, Next up, we got the neo 2 release date trailer which um is march 13th of two or of uh 2020 um which it feels like neo 2 was announced pretty quick after the first one came out but then we didn't hear anything about it for a while and then all of a sudden it just kind of started showing its face again Um, and i believe there's a beta coming out in november or is it january one of them i can't remember um but they did show the trailer. And um, I didn't play much of the first Neo because I'm not really big into these just these hard games that are hard just to be hard. Um, I'm not really into those a whole lot. Um, But like games like Sekiro or Neo kind of catch my interest because they have like uh, Japanese themes and samurais and stuff like that. And that interests me personally. So I do kind of tend to dabble in those games a little bit like more than I would with any other sort of game in this genre where they're just trying to be super difficult for no real reason um in my opinion but um I did play a little bit of Neo the first one not too much and um it was all right um and I've seen a lot of footage I watch um you know I've seen a lot of people play it on YouTube who I really enjoy um and in terms of like how the trailer looks for Neo 2 um it looks very similar to the first game the themes look pretty similar um it doesn't seem like I don't see the game taking a whole lot of leaps or anything like that, but um, the game uh, looks like it's going to be solid. I think if you liked the first game, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't like the second one. Um, although, who knows? You may have a Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 2 thing go on, um, but who knows? But um, I will probably try the game out when, uh, when it comes out. Um, I don't know how much I'll like it or anything like that, but I'll give it a try. I do. Uh, I did appreciate some things that Neo did. Um, so I'm relatively kind of sort of excited to see where they can evolve the game and maybe this time around it can get my full attention and I will commit myself to playing it because even if a game is super hard um, and I generally hate that idea of just games being hard to be hard like I said um, I will push through it if the game offers me enough to you know keep my interest I guess if it if it offers me enough to keep interest and, you know, has a um, just really good gameplay, falls into that gameplay loop and just is really fun, then I will push through it and I will play it and uh, hopefully have a really good time. Next up, I want to talk about this new Jumanji, the next level trailer, which um, I thought the first movie was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I had a good time watching that movie when it came out on Blu-ray. I got it and I was like... I was a little irritated that the movie was called Jumanji, but I was like, whatever, I should give the movie a chance. I bought it on Blu-ray. I watched it at home, and I had a pretty good time. I think the movie is uh, pretty decent. It had some surprisingly pretty funny parts, especially, you know, in my opinion, I don't think Kevin Hart is funny at all, but um, he had some good lines in that movie, and I appreciated, you know, his acting in that movie. He did a relatively good job, and everyone else in that movie did a good job. Jack Black and uh, Dwayne Johnson as well. All did fantastic. And the movie was actually pretty decent. I enjoyed what I watched. Um I still don't think it needed to be called Jumanji. I think it could have been could have been called something else. Um but it was still an enjoyable movie and this trailer looks like it's going to be more of the same. Um, maybe the comedy is shifted a little bit around because some of the characters, you know, instead of being teenagers, you have Danny DeVito and um is it Danny Glover? Danny Glover. Man, I always get the... Donald Glover. Fuck, one of them. I get his name confused with uh, fucking Childish Gambino. (laughs) Um, But, you know, those... uh, Guy from Predator 2. But... um, So maybe the the comedy will be shifted a little bit around because those two characters are introduced and they're older characters and stuff like that. There was one that was kind of funny with um, Dwayne Johnson seeing himself in the mirror... But it's like Danny DeVito's personality. So Danny DeVito is seeing himself in the mirror looking like The Rock. And uh, Kevin Hart's character kind of plays with that a little bit. Like that scene was pretty funny. I did enjoy that. Uh, Some of the action seems to be pretty um, amped up for this movie as well. Um, And they did tease that uh, Jack Black's character is going to switch back to the the high school girl at some point. Which I almost wish they would have left that in. Uh, just as a surprise for when people saw the movie. Um, however, I remember when the first trailer came out, a lot of people were talking and complaining about that, that they missed the fact that Jack Black wasn't going to be playing that character because he did so well. So, um, I, It almost feels like I wish they would have saved it for the movie, but I also feel like they needed to put that in the trailer now to kind of ease people's minds a little bit um, and show them, hey, Jack Black is going to be returning as that character at some as that character at some point in the movie. So go go see our movie in theaters, pretty much. Um, so that's basically what I think happened there, I guess. But um, I mean, it looked alright. It looked like more of the same, and I, I hope I will enjoy it at least as much as the first movie because the movie the first movie my expectations were pretty low, and um, it uh, came quite above. It landed quite a bit above that, uh, low standard, so I was kind of, uh, I was pleasantly surprised with the movie, so hopefully it at least meets the standard of the first movie for me, um, but we'll see. Uh, this one I'm also really excited for, uh, The Witcher, the Netflix series, gets a release date for December 20th, and I'm super excited. I am really excited to see this. I think Henry Cavill, um, is going to blow, like, is gonna knock it out of the park. I don't know where I was going with that. He hopefully he doesn't blow anything, but um, I think he's gonna knock this knock this out of the park. I think he's a great casting for the for the spot. It's still a little weird seeing him with long white hair, but that's not because like like the hair is done terribly or anything like that. It's just because it's weird seeing him with that hair. Um, but man, it looks so good. Like the cinematography looks great. It looks beautiful. I love just the the I like their use of colors like the show looks like dark and bleak because it kind of almost needs to at times but then they know just the right moments to bring in just these nice colors um this new trailer didn't really show any of the monsters all that much uh the last trailer showed kind of one of the monsters at the end and it looked awesome I really wish they would have showed maybe a new monster in this trailer just so we could see just how badass it looked but um one thing they did show in this one um, was some more moments of the sword play, and it looks like Henry Cavill really, really practiced getting the the sword stuff down. Like the sword play looks, <clears throat> just looks excellent. Um, they it looks like they really spent a lot of time on that, and just his movements with cutting people down just looks fantastic. And it's some really just great sword play. Um, and you see every bit of it, like the cinematography, the camera work uh, is fantastic. You see everything that's on the screen. It's not like you see Henry Cavill slice someone and it's kind of off screen. Like everything was on screen in those moments and it was great. Um, I'm super excited to see it. I really hope it turns out good. By all intents and purposes, everything we've seen up to this point has looked really good. So I just I really hope it's good because, man, it just looks excellent. Um, and I think Henry Cavill's gonna just knock it out of the park I think he is I don't know if I don't know yet because we haven't seen it I don't know if he's perfect for the role but he looks like he's pretty damn like spot-on for this role Um, and it looks like his character or what he does his acting is gonna be great the way he portrays the character and everything Um, I'm super excited to see him in this role I cannot wait to watch it um it's probably one of those things that's never going to get a physical release on Blu-ray or anything like that. So I'm probably going to have to watch it on Netflix. Otherwise, normally I would wait until um, news of a Blu-ray um, is going to come out or something. But um, I'm not sure if that's possible or going to happen with, uh, with this. So I will probably just have to start watching it day one when it comes out on Netflix. Because I don't know if I'm going to be able to wait. For this one, I'm probably going to want to watch it, like, binge-watch the whole fucking thing when it's released. We're going to go ahead and move on a little bit. We're going to move on to our pickups, uh, not our, my pickups, um, for this week. I only really picked up one thing. I have a video of it that should be on Instagram, um, by the time you hear this podcast. Um, it is, uh, Goblin Slayer Season 1. Um, a really, an anime that I've wanted to watch for quite a while, um, I do watch a lot of fantasy anime, but um, I'm not a huge fan of like fantasy themes for the most part um, just because they tend to be a little bit generic. You, know, you have some orcs, you have some elves, yada, yada, yada. Um, and it's just not really interesting to me. Uh, however, Goblin Slayer looked a little bit interesting because it looked like it was a little bit more violent and a little bit more darker, which I really respected. I really liked that. And it really made me want to watch it. And I also learned that this um, is also kind of like... I guess it's almost kind of like a Sword Art Online or a No Game No Life thing where you're getting teleported into this other world, um, video game slash world. But this one seems to concentrate a little bit more on like a tabletop sort of game thing, um, which is also really interesting. I didn't know about that until I was looking at the Blu-ray case. Um, So that was a really cool kind of surprise for me because I was not expecting that. And that just kind of piques my interest a little bit more. But uh, really excited to watch it. I will probably watch it here really soon. I've been wanting to watch it for a while. And probably jumped the list on just... Probably jumped up the list quite a bit on the things that um, I need to watch. Because I have a lot of anime um, on my shelf over there. Like next to me to watch um, that I need to get to. And some TV shows and stuff like that. But Goblin Slayer it's probably jumped up near the top. Probably a little bit behind Tokyo Ghoul Re which I did start watching. So uh that will probably be one of the I will probably watch that here very soon um and may even be a topic for the next podcast to give my full review on it because I'm just super excited to watch it and it looks great. Um and really just really just super glad to own it. Um it's one of those ones that a lot of the times especially when it comes to anime I have a list on my phone of just all the anime that I want to get and I gradually chip away at the list when I can. Um, and normally just because there's so much anime that I can enjoy and watch, um, my options are pretty wide. So I had to create a list and usually, uh, when I see something I want to watch, I just add it to the list. Um, but Goblin Slayer was one of those ones that I decided to get day one because I just really wanted to watch it. So, uh, really excited for that. Uh, that was my only pickup for this week. I want to go and talk about a couple things, music related. Um not going to have a, a whole lot to say about these, um, I just kind of want to talk about them a little bit. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is uh, a new album by the band St. Asonia, which I believe is what the name is. I've never heard it said out loud, um, but St. Asonia with their new album, Flawed Design, which is a band. Um, this is their second album, which is a band that is fronted by the original lead vocalist of Three Days Grace. Um, you guys, I would assume you guys probably know this at this point, but, uh, the original singer of three days grace did leave and they replaced him, uh, starting with the, I don't remember what the album is called. Um, human. Was it just called human? It had painkiller on it. Um, which was a really good track. I did, I did actually like that album quite a bit and they recently released, a an album last year, I think called the outsider, which was, uh, God awful. But, uh, that album with Painkiller on it, which I think was Human, um, was a pretty good album. And he's a decent, and he's a decent vocalist. He's a good replacement for him. But uh, the original lead singer did leave, and I believe he did some like solo stuff there for a little bit. Uh, but now he has this band. They released an album. I did not listen to much of the first album. Uh, from what I heard of it, I didn't really care much for it. Um, but this album, their second album, Flawed Design, did just release. Uh, pretty recently, I believe, about a week ago, Friday, I think Friday, so a little less than a week ago, um, and it's actually pretty decent. Like I actually like it quite a bit. Um, not a lot of the tracks stand out to me in particular, but like everything on this on the record is solid. Um, the guitars, uh, you don't hear much bass, but the the guitars, the drums are very good. Uh, of course, the vocals are excellent. He has really just good voice. Um, and I think he did really good job with the vocal performance on this record, and uh the writing for the most part is actually pretty good on this record too, even if he does touch on some what I would probably consider to be some relatively overdone and cliched topics um I think for the most part though like the the writing is pretty solid um even if nothing is new, everything he does is just pretty solid, he does it well. Um, especially one song I do really like on the record though is blind, which is, I believe is the opening track on the record. Um, it really, really good track. Um, I really just love the opening guitars on this track. Uh, I really love the lyrics, the lyrics, uh, Dustin Bates, um, of Starset fame also did a downplay and earlier this year did a solo ish kind of project called MNQN, um, or mannequin, however you want to, whatever you want to call it, um and if you guys don't know, I fucking love Star Set, one of my favorite bands ever, um, he helped write two songs on the album, I believe, and I don't know what two songs they are, um, but I I would almost believe that Blind could probably be one of them, because it almost feels like the way the track is written and the way it flows really feels like, um, a Star Set song at, at parts, um, but I don't know that for sure, that's just me assuming, because I haven't looked at the, uh, I haven't dug deeper into the the writing and composing, you know, liner notes on the record or anything like that, but um Blind is just it's a really good track. Um I really love the opening guitars, his vocal performance is great and I love that the chorus is kind of just um it's it feels separate but it also feels kind of blended into the track. It's not explosive or anything. It almost kind of feels like a um a chorus that would be on like a Breaking Benjamin song, which is one of the things I really like about Breaking Benjamin is just that they kind of break the, through all the records they've kind of kept the same sort of like style for the most part. They've just kind of like improved it with each record, but they kind of, they're not a band that, you know, is super experimental with each record. Um, But one of the things that they've done since the beginning is that their choruses haven't been like super explosive and stand out Compared to the bridges where in a lot of songs nowadays, you know, a a bridge can be really boring, but the chorus can be super, super loud, super catchy and just really, um, just really nice to hear while the rest of the track isn't as interesting where Breaking Benjamin kind of broke that mold a little bit where they concentrated on making the whole track sound interesting and the chorus doesn't stand out, you know, too much. It's not super explosive Um, in terms of like volume or just different instrumentally from the rest of the track, it's just kind of like, it's like a smooth shift in most of their tracks. And that's what this song blind felt like. And I really enjoyed it for that. Um, but like in terms of the rest of the album, it's just like, it's just like pretty good. It's like pretty okay. It's not, um, like, um, I don't it, I don't think it's gonna blow anybody away. It's just it does what it does, it does really well. And I think if you're like a, a Three Days Grace fan, or even like a Breaking Benjamin fan, Star Set fan, anything in that realm, if you're a fan of those bands, I would highly recommend checking them out. Um especially if you're a huge Three Days Grace fan and you miss the uh original singer. I believe his name is Adam. I don't I don't remember what his last name is, but um I think I think under like, if you miss the original lead singer of Three Days Grace and you like just good rock bands, I think uh, Saint Asonia will will be something for you to listen to. I think it'll be I think it'll be worth a shot. Uh, the next album I want to talk about, the last album I want to talk about, is I'm sure most of you probably could have guessed it. It's this new goddamn Kanye West album, uh, Jesus Is King, and it's not good it's it's really not good, um, I'm not a huge Kanye West fan either um however, I appreciate things he's done in the music industry, things he's done on past records of his um however, this new record is just like is is shite it is not it is not good. I don't really like anything about this record. I don't like. And it's weird. It seems weird that Kanye West is going in this like super religious direction. And, you know, I'm not stating my religious opinions because they don't have anything to do with this with my thoughts on this record at all. Um, but like it's weird that Kanye West is going down this direction and doing this. It, it It's weird and it doesn't really fit because it's weird that like Kanye West says he's going to make like a gospel album and like a religious album. And that's not what this feels like. This feels like it feels like what religion feels like to Kanye West. It's like, it's the record is still very much about him. And it's like in a lot of the tracks, it seems like, you know, not, he's talking about things as they are to him and not to like, it's not about religion or religious themes or anything like that. You do have some like um religious like instrumentals, some sort of some elements of some gospel stuff, but like it's not it's not completely there. It's and he's dabbled in these sounds before, but when he's been kind of forced to work in those sounds completely, he doesn't know what to do with them. And because he didn't know what to do with them, he messed with them to the point of like, it's not really a religious or gospel album or sounding album. Um, and like I said, the lyrics in this thing are, it it still manages to be all about like Kanye and almost nothing about like religion. And some of the writing on these tracks is just God awful. Um, Kanye does some, like, singing on some of these tracks, which he's done before, um, and has never been good, so why he would continue to do it, I don't know, because his singing voice is just shit, um, this album is, it's really not good, it, it's just got awful I, I don't know what Kanye was thinking, and like I said, I'm not a big Kanye fan, but, like, I appreciate, I appreciate quite a few things he did on his last record, Yay, um, While I didn't really like that album either, there were still quite a few things on that record that I could appreciate, but there's really nothing on this record that has any sort of light to me, um, I don't like it, I don't like it whatsoever, it, it made me sad, (laughs) um, Okay, the last thing I want to talk about, maybe this podcast will be a little bit shorter just because a lot of the stuff I didn't really have too much to say about it, but uh, this one I'll probably talk for a good few minutes at least because um, I really liked it. Um, I want to give kind of like a a review of The Outer Worlds, uh, a new game that came out by the original creators of Fallout and the creators of Fallout New Vegas, Obsidian, Um, I believe published by Private Division, which kind of scared me a little bit, a little bit because I think Private Division is like a subsidiary of 2K Games and, um, we all know how scummy 2K Games is, are, but, um, man, The Outer World is fucking fantastic. You get such a, one of the things, first of all, is just that it's a full game, no microtransactions, nothing, you just... You pay $60, you get a fucking game, uh, which is so nice to see. You get just a full game, and The Outer Worlds has so much fucking content. Even if the main story itself is relatively short, like, there's still so much content, side quests and stuff for you to do. Um, And to my knowledge, there was no, like, special edition of this game. There was no, like, pre-order shit, no special edition, no collector's edition, no nothing. Like, it, it was super nice to see just this game, sell at, I believe, $60, um, and just be a full game, and from release, it was really fucking stable and solid, like, the build of the game was super great, um, I didn't really come across, I don't think I came across a single, like, really glitch or anything from the game, um, at least not that I can remember, definitely nothing groundbreaking, because the game never once, cr- or game breaking, the game never once crashed on me or anything, um, There was no like audio bugs. Uh, There's some texture pop in, but I think that's just because I I think they use the Unreal Engine for this and that seems to be a staple with Unreal games and stuff like that is some texture pop in, but they usually popped in pretty quick. You didn't have to worry about it. So like there were really no glitches or anything in this game that I can really think of or, or point to. Like the game was super solid from when I started playing it and I beat it and from the time I started playing the game to the time that I beat it, there wasn't a single patch released for the game um, other than whatever, maybe like a day one patch that it downloaded automatically because I got the digital version of the game. But um, there was no patch after that. From the from the time I started playing the game till the time that I beat the game, there was no patch, nothing. Um, super s- stable game. I never had any problems whatsoever um, and the game is fantastic, it looks great, um, graphically, it look, it looks beautiful, especially when you just, uh, like, the towns look great, I love the, like, the setting and the architecture of the towns and stuff like that, looking up at the sky and seeing all the colors and stuff like that, um, the rings, the other planets, like, it just looks fantastic, and, um, the setting of this game is great. I love that, you know, earth has been sending people to other planets to colonize, but like corporations are taking over. Um, there's a quest super early on in the game that is, uh, like you have to, like, you have to pay for like your funeral plot. Um, that's like sponsored by a company and like, uh, one guy takes his own life and the town has to pay for it because it's like a slide against the company and like, it's the the setting and the kind of story and the backstory behind this these worlds and this colony is super interesting and it's like a slight against like capitalism and stuff like that there's even a part in like um in the loading screens they have hints at the bottom like every game almost does and there's um one of the hints is like um your hint could be posted here contact blah 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 for like advertising space or some shit like that like really funny they take this theme throughout the whole game and it's great and it's super super hilarious i i really i i really enjoyed this game so fucking much man it was great um there are parts of the game that um you know felt like you know while this was like a quote unquote triple a title game it kind of rides that line a little bit because um You know, there are parts of the game that are, uh, small in scope, um, and are obviously things that would be improved with like a sequel or something like that. But like the, the weapons don't vary all that much. A lot of the weapons look the same. There's not a ton of different weapons. Um, the guns can be modified slightly if you add modifications to them and give them uh, a couple different scopes and stuff like that. But for the most part, a lot of the weapons look the same. Uh, they can also have different like damage effects like plasma, um, acid, you know, um, electricity, stuff like that. But for the most part, a lot of the weapons look the same. The arm, a lot of the armor looks the same. And, um, honestly, I'm not sure how much the armor really helps. It does seem more like a cosmetic thing than anything else. Um, and the planets look like the planets look great, especially like the towns and stuff like that. I love the way the towns look and the architecture and stuff like that. Um, but some of the planets look like how everyone would imagine planet, like planets, fictional planets to look like, like, you know, large mushroom looking things, weird, crazy bulbous kind of fauna, stuff like that, you know, like, um, a lot of the a lot of the stuff they use to decorate the planets and stuff like that does seem like, um, stuff that people have, uh, used versions of in other games before Um, but just the way it's arranged in this game is what makes it look so just beautiful it's so well thought out Um, they put a lot of time and planning into just you know where everything is at on the map and I do like that the game isn't like Fallout it's not one just open world area you do go to several different planets Um, they all look you know pretty vastly different from each other Um, and it helps the game feel a little bit more focused. Like you have, like when you go to a planet or an area on a planet, it's, it's like an open area, but it's not like the whole planet is open to you. It's not a huge open world or anything like that. It's just an open area. And because of that, um, it makes the game feel a little bit more focused instead of them, you know, building this huge gigantic world and trying to figure out how the fuck to fill it. Uh, they just kind of had these open areas, and in this open area, it's very well thought out. Everything is placed with a purpose. You get your side quests from, you know, pretty specific areas and stuff like that. Like it's it's very well thought out in the way that it's made, and I really appreciate that they didn't just do one big open just hunk of bullshit. Um, and I really really appreciate that. Um, of course, though, with that there comes um, some loading screens the The loading screens aren't terribly long, um, but there are, but they are, you know, they are there, um, and because of that, it can be annoying to do like side quests and stuff like that, going back and forth between all these fucking loading screens. You know, you have to go to, uh, like if you have a side quest, um, you have you like let's say you're on your ship, you go to the map, you travel to a planet, you go through a loading screen to go to your ship from the planet, and then a lot of the times, uh, if a quest uh, is in a town. You have to go. Once you go from your ship to the planet, you have to go from the planet to inside the town because that's a separate loading screen. Um, there, there can be quite a bit of loading screens. But one thing I would say, and even a buddy of mine who was playing this game didn't know this um, before I told him, was that um, if you go to your side quests menu and you hit, I believe it's square, you can uh, arrange the or rearrange the side quests based on location or like planet and stuff like that. So you can see all the quests that are on the planet that you're currently on. So you can minimize the loading screens that way. And you won't have to go from, you know, back and forth between your ship and all like different planets and stuff like that. So that is a way to help minimize the amount of, um, loading screens that you will have to go through, but they are still there. I would say that's a little bit of a complaint. Um, and like I said, they're not, Super long, but they're definitely not on the short short side, so that's just something to think about um what else do I want to talk about the game um I do really like the story. I think it's well written uh especially once you get to the end they really show you some of that corporate you know overlord style uh stuff um that is really that was really fucking entertaining uh some of it was really fucking funny i'll have a I have some clips and I'm gonna have be posting a little bit more. Uh, from the game posted up on, uh, up on my Instagram. So if you guys want to see that, you can go there, check those out. Some of them are really funny. Um, the healing system is interesting. You have this like inhaler thing that, uh, and you have this healing stuff called Adreno, which you gradually pick up throughout the world. I never had to buy any cause I always just found enough. Um, but it's like the health system. I like it and I don't like it. Um, it doesn't heal you at once, which is the part that I don't really like about it. It heals you over time. So, like, the Adreno stuff heals you for, like, 25% over a certain amount of seconds or whatever. Um, But in this healing system, what is interesting about it is you have this inhaler. The, generally, the first, and you have four slots for it. Um, And generally, the first slot is filled up by your basic healing item. That's basically going to heal your health. But you can fill the other slots with, like, um, buff stats stuff. Like, so you can put a food in there. Or an ingredient in there or whatever, that will give you plus whatever to strength or evasion or you know some fire damage or whatever, so like all the food that you pick up has some sort of status effect in this game, you can put it in those in that slot and when you use your inhaler, it'll give you those it'll give you health and status effects, and it not only heals you but it heals your companions as well, of which there are quite a few companions, and they all feel like different and unique, which is great. They all have their own personalities. Some of them will, uh, contact, will be in the ship waiting by the door. So when you walk by them, they'll talk to you. They'll give you, like, a side quest that you can do. Um, like, one of them, uh, her name is Ellie, I believe. And she is, a she's like a medic or a Sawbones, I think is what they call them. Um... But she, uh, like, you go with her on a side quest to, like, meet her parents who she hasn't seen in, like, forever. She hates them because they're, like, weird, um, they're, like, rich people and they're really in deep into this corporate fucked up system. And and she hates them, so, uh, that's just, like, uh, an example of a side quest that you can get. Um, all of them do offer you a pretty unique side quest, interesting side quest that are also related to them and their backstory, which is great. But, like, that, uh. I really thought that healing system was weird using the inhaler and you could just put different ingredients in it. Um, I'm sure something like that has probably been done in the past in another game. However, I have not played that game. So uh, seeing this as the health system was pretty unique to me and I thought it was interesting. Um, I was kind of, you know, irritated that it doesn't heal you all at once. But like you can get like uh, skills, you can upgrade your medic skill and get like perks and stuff like that. That will help towards healing you a little bit faster and whatnot. Um, man, what else do I want to talk about? Uh, I really like, I think the skill point distribution system is pretty interesting. Um, you have like different categories. So you have like, um, you have a leadership category, dialogue, um, guns and stuff like that. And in each one of those categories, like in the dialogue section, you have, uh, three different subcategories, which is like lie, persuade, and intimidate i think um you have all those things um and when you distribute your skills you distribute them into the dialogue section which puts like one point each it only uses one skill point but when you choose the dialogue uh, option it puts like a skill or ups the skill of uh intimidate lie or whatever whatever the other one was persuade um, it puts a point into each three of those, but when they get to level fifty, you can start putting you start putting points into each individually. So it's like at first you start put them into the you put them into like the basic generic category of dialogue, and then once you reach uh once the points reach fifty, uh, then you have to start putting skill points into each one individually, either either lie, intimidate, or persuade. So uh, it's interesting how they do that. And it's like a good way to help you build your character up at first and then kind of distribute points to um, kind of specialize your character in a certain thing or whatever. So it's actually, uh, I really like the way that they did that. Um, I also would like to point out the menus and everything are great in this game. They're super easy to navigate. Nothing feels confusing. Uh, I think they did a really good job on de- on designing like the quest menu inventory your companions inventories and stuff like that uh they did a really good job on all those uh what else did i want to talk about there's something else i thought of while i was talking about the uh the skill point thing um your perks are pretty are pretty standard in the way they work you get um a perk point every other level um and then you get to pick from like four different tiers of perks and stuff like that there's quite a few of them and uh, so many of them are useful um What else is there? Uh, Oh, the combat um, is fantastic. Like, if you play something like Fallout, um, like Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, or Fallout 4, like, the the first-person combat in those games is a little clunky. It's a little bit stiff. They've never really advanced that portion of the game all that much. But uh, the gameplay um, in The Outer Worlds is freaking fantastic. They did such a good job as a hiccup. They did such a good job with that. Like the, the first-person shooter gameplay feels like first-person shooter gameplay. Like it feels like Wolfenstein or Call of Duty, stuff like that. Like it's actual first-person gameplay, not this weird clunky stuff that Fallout has uh, where most of the time you rely on VATs. Where The Outer Worlds does kind of have a VAT-like thing. It basically slows down time. It's basically bullet time. Um, and you can upgrade that. Um, upgrade. It's like recharge time, duration Stuff like that. Um, But it just basically slows down time. So you can shoot an enemy in like a weak point or whatever. Um, But. um, For the most part. Like I didn't really use it too much. um, Because the gameplay was just so good. The first person shooter combat. Is just. Great in the game. It's excellent. And I'm not really sure. What else I could say about the game. Like I just I loved it so goddamn much, there's so, like, the game is just so great, it's probably one of my favorite games of this year, it's so great, the story is fantastic, the setting is great, the planets are great, the mechanics are great, the quests are super fucking fun, um, I really like the story, Uh, just everything about this game is just so fucking solid, so very well done, and it's like, it's what we needed because a lot of people give Fallout Four some shit. Even though I per- really like Fallout Four, um, a lot of people give that game c- shit for not like advancing the genre. And I think The Outer Worlds does that. It- it's kind of like what Fallout Four should have been in terms from the from the basic level, just from like gameplay and setup and mechanics. This is what Fallout Four should have been, but it wasn't. Uh, Bethesda played it really safe with that game, Um, but The Outer Worlds, you know, it's did everything it needed to do and just does it better, and if we get a sequel out of this, uh, it sucks it's probably going to be like an Xbox exclusive, maybe, um, because I know Microsoft bought Obsidian, the studio, Um, but I think Private Division may own the rights to The Outer Worlds name, so um, if we do get a sequel to this, it's probably not gonna be made by Obsidian. Or maybe, you know, like two K games and Private Division will and Microsoft will come to an agreement to make it an Xbox exclusive or something, which I have an Xbox, so I'll we'll be able to play it, but it'll be a shame to see that I guess, but uh I'm just if we get a sequel, it'll be amazing to see just how much they improve. Because they could improve things like I said, like Uh, the weapons aren't very varied, a lot of the weapons look the same, a lot of the armor looks the same, Um, I wish maybe that, you know, while the planets look great, um, I really wish there was a little bit more original ideas in terms of those, because like I said, a lot of them are made up of things you would expect, like big mushroom looking things, or uh, plants that are very like bulbous looking things, and glowy, and stuff like that, like which, I mean, we have no real planets to take any basis off of. We don't know what any other planets outside of our solar system really look like, so it's not like we have anything to go off of. But it kind of seems like when you are making a physical, or like a fictional planet, sorry, um, a lot of people tend to gravitate towards the same ideas. So I would like to see uh, a few more planets in the sequel that look a little bit more out there and crazy, stuff like that. But otherwise, like, The Outer World is a great fucking game. I would recommend. Anybody play it. It is so good. Uh, I enjoyed every fucking minute of the game. Even when it ended, I wanted to play it some more. I will probably play the game again. um, Find some more side quests that I didn't do the first time. Because I did do quite a lot of side quests. Uh, But I know there's still more for me to do. Uh, So find some more side quests. uh, Do some other routes. Like be more of an asshole maybe. Because I played it like pretty safe. I kind of played a pretty good guy in my first playthrough. So I think I should maybe play a bad guy in my next playthrough or something, but uh, man, The Outer World is great. I give it a huge, huge thumbs up and really recommend you play it. Um, It's just so... It is so great. But uh, that's about all I have to talk about for this episode of the Movies Anytime podcast. Uh, Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening. We will be back next week for... God knows what. But uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you all so much for listening. And I'll see you guys in the next podcast.